0: All over the world, amen, and you're gonna you're gonna hear quite a bit about that here in the next couple of weeks. Um, right now, I need to take care of some business. Um, I, I need about two or three of you ladies that have faith here this morning. I want you to go around, Sister Donna, and I want you very gently, somebody say gently. Gently just lay your hands on her shoulders there. Um, the Lord just spoke to me this morning um, while I was making my rounds here and said, "She's, I've got something special that I want to do for her, and I have no idea what it is. And so if you would do that, the rest of us, let's just lift up our hands right now and let's pray that God's, God's healing touch, His power, very gently now, ladies, very gently, in Jesus' name. Come on, let's pray. You don't have to pray gently, though. Praise God. You can just implore the Lord. God's already known. It's in Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Yes. yes. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Oh yes. Yeah. Right you know while she's getting prayed for for healing if you want to just lift your hand right now and claim yours right now maybe God has spoken to you while we're praying right now go ahead go ahead you can go ahead and have boldness oh hallelujah jesus oh yes oh hallelujah thank you jesus Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for our dear sister. Let's give God some praise for what he is doing. Thank you, you, Praise God. Praise God. Sister Carnahan and I are only gone for one week, and you get an ice storm, and you get a blizzard. Now, we come back this week, and what did you have? (laughs) I'm just kidding. It's very coincidental, folks. I am not claiming that, but I thought I would just make reference to that in Jesus' name. We're gone, you get a blizzard. We come back, it's 40 degrees plus. Amen. So. Next time I preach or teach something that's rubbing you the wrong way, remember that, okay? I'm just, just kidding you. Praise God. But God is good, isn't he? And I am so glad, so glad that we can come, take our liberty and, 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 and express ourselves to God. This is so important that we learn to respond to him. Praise God. God is awesome. I mean, I know that's an understatement, but it's the truth. I mean, my goodness, what do you, what do you bring to God that he needs? There's nothing, praise God, and and so God wants to bring things to us, and so it's important for us to respond to God so that we can receive the things of the Lord, in Jesus' name, praise God. So hopefully this this Christmas season, I woke up yesterday morning. I don't know, I don't know when I heard it, probably a couple, three days ago, maybe four days ago. Um, um, you know, right after, you know, the Labor Day, they start playing Christmas music. <laughs> In some places they do. Um, that's exaggeration, but I heard one the other day, and it just kind of t- it just kind of touched me. And I went to bed. I think it was Friday night, with with that song a little bit on my mind. I have a hard time with words. Uh, music isn't such an issue for me, but I can I can remember music, you know, from 50 years ago. But words, I have to have it written down. But there was something about what was being said was touching my heart. So I got up Saturday morning, yesterday morning. And um, and dusted my guitar off. And, um, and uh, what I did was I sat down and I, I learned the song with my wife. And, and um, one of these days, um, we're going to play it for you. Um, and, and I appreciate that. And I give that credit to the Christmas season. Uh, I don't know if, you know, I've, I've said it over the years. There are lots of opportunities that God gives us throughout the year. Um, cultural things and 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 special dates and so on and so forth and of course Christmas is is no exception Um, I know that um, you can go out there and you can find all kinds of attitudes towards Christmas and that type of thing and I'm not here to argue with that or or to or to tell you what to think or how to think all I'm trying to promote here this morning or sow the seed is is this is there's an opportunity here in the next two or three weeks that I believe every one of us can have I really do. I feel like God will open up a door for us. In fact, let me give you some scripture for that so that you know that I'm not just making this stuff up. Look at Galatians chapter number 6. I want to show you something. Galatians chapter number 6. It makes reference to something here that I think can help us to understand what God would have us to do because, you know, we sang the the chorus this morning that nothing is impossible. And so we, we, we must embrace that especially when we're we're, um, you know, when we're finding ourselves up against opposition. While you're turning, Galatians chapter six is where I'm going, and I think it's verse number ten. I think is where where I want to I want to show you um, uh, where it is in Jesus' name. Galatians chapter number six. Um, but you know, when the apostles found themselves in opposition to their culture. You must understand when the baptism of the Holy Ghost was poured out, this was quite a stunning thing that happened in that area of Jerusalem. And it caused quite a bit of contention, it really did. Um, I mean, the first reaction to the outpouring of the Holy Ghost proves that. I mean, people were amazed. They're going, what is this? Kind of like when the children of Israel woke up that first morning and manna appeared on the, on the ground. What is it? You know? I mean, but thank God that they didn't resist it they begin to grind it up and eat it. Well, a lot of times that's what the things of God will do. And sometimes the initial reaction that people have to things of God can be a little bit um, rough or, or abrasive and that type of thing. But I have faith and I have confidence in the things of God that if people will just taste the good things of God. I'm telling you folks, there is nothing like what God has for people. Amen. And sometimes you even got to get to a place where God will help you to spoon feed something in. Those of you um, that have wives that know how to cook certain things and maybe you're not hungry for it. But man, after they get done cooking it, they want you to taste it, don't they? You ever had them take off a little bite? My wife does this all the time, you know. She'll put a little bit in a spoon. She said, just taste this. Just I don't want it. I'm not hungry. She said, just taste it. You know, she said, and, you know, I'll just take a little bite of it. And, my goodness, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, give, give, yeah here, here's my bowl. Go ahead. Fill it up. Yeah. See, we're, we're all alike in a lot of ways. We just have a tendency to resist the things of God. The thing that I want you to, to think about before I read this scripture that in the fourth chapter of the book of Acts, when the church was, was getting persecuted, when they were being ridiculed for the things that they were presenting to people, they didn't come to God in that prayer meeting and say, God, take that away. No, right. no, I think that God gave them insight to recognize what was going on. And that's what I'm helping and believing that God is going to do for some of you. That you'll recognize that sometimes this is the natural reaction of most people. It's strange. I don't know what about it and that type of thing. But the scripture says, and you read it for yourself in the fourth chapter of the book of Acts, when they prayed to God, they didn't say, God, take this away. You know what they said? They said, God, give us boldness. The word is frank. Help us to be specific. Help us to say what you want us to say in the midst of that opposition. Now, that's kind of a different take, isn't it? And so you and I must consider that, and especially during this season. I understand that people are sensitive sometimes. Sometimes people are, they've had things happen to them during this time of the year that maybe will cause a little bit of pain or that type of thing. But I want you to understand something here today, Christian. You've got something you can give to these people. You've got a message, praise God, that maybe they've heard a hundred times before. But boy, they've never heard it under the anointing of God's Spirit. They've never seen it, praise God, you know, the way that you're going to present it in Jesus' name. And so this is what I want you to consider, praise God. You know, the Christmas season, you know, we can sit here and argue about all the dates and, 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 and some of the things that happen around it, but folks, the, the point is very, very valid. People become more aware of, of the things of God. You know, I've always made reference to CEO Christians, you know, Christmas and Easter only. Well, bring them all. Come on, we'd like to see them all come out. Praise God on Christmas. Praise God so that we can witness to what God is doing. Look at what the scripture says to you and I. The scripture says, let me begin in verse number 9. The Bible says, and let us not be weary in well-doing. Somebody say amen. It says, for in due season we shall reap. Look at somebody and say, we're going to reap. Come on, look at somebody else and say, we're going to reap. reap. Come on, now that's faith, folks. That's what the Bible says. It says, you know, um, we shall reap if we faint not. So sometimes we have to be careful that we don't, you know, get um, as offended as the people that are around us. And this is what I want you to see today. And then it says, and let us not be weary in well-doing. It says, but in verse number 10, it says, as we have therefore opportunity. It says, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Now, I'm believing that God is going to give every one of us an opportunity during this season. Praise God. And I believe that God can take something, amen, that he's given you, and you can, in turn, give it to somebody else. Praise God. And it will make a huge, huge difference. I make reference to the fact that I came to the Lord in October. I mean, I got baptized in Jesus' name. I was actually coming coming to the Lord probably a year, year and a half prior to that. You know, God had begun to deal with me about different issues and different things about his word. And God's a long-suffering God. Amen. But finally in October, about the middle of October, I met with the pastor up in Marywood and Chrissy and I was baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of all of my sins. Oh, what a glorious afternoon, folks. One o'clock in the afternoon, praise God. Nobody else but me and the pastor. Just a horse tank, cold water. But praise God, I'm telling you, God was there in the name of Jesus. Two or th- I think it was three days later, I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And folks, I have never, ever been the same since that. Come on, never. Never. Now I know a lot, all of you, probably most of you have heard that. Amen. But I don't get tired of telling it because it's the truth. I'm telling you, what God gave to me in that October, praise God, was precious. Amen. And that's the gift that God wants to give people. Amen. And so think about that. You have something that you can share to people. And this could be the first Christmas, amen, that for the rest of their life that will be different. Amen. And so think about that. This is what God wants us to do take the opportunity. That's why I'm spending time here this morning, you know, promoting this, Christmas for Christ. What is that all about? It's just a time of the year where we focus on what God is doing and what God would have us to do. And as a church, we want to gather together an offering. We do this every year, praise God. We give over $1,000 to Christmas for Christ. I don't know what we gave last year, but, but we want to exceed that. And so we want you to think about that. I'm not asking for your money. I'm just saying... Hey, take the opportunity, praise God. And let me show you something else here, praise God. Look at the book of Acts, chapter number 20. This is um, the beginning of Paul's um, travels to Jerusalem. He felt very, very adamant about getting to Jerusalem even though he was warned that you know things aren't going to be real smooth for you and that type of thing but Paul being in the spirit he felt like this is what he needed to do and most of us we understand what happened to the Apostle Paul when he got there you know he was accused of certain things and and from chapter 23 through 28 that's what I would consider Paul's prosperous journey to Rome Amen. Read that sometimes. Paul called it a prosperous journey. Why? Because he didn't quit taking the opportunities that God gave him, even though the adversary was against him. But in chapter number 20, this is where we see him calling the elders of the church at Ephesus. And he had a meeting there. I don't know how many of them they had, but they had several of them. And that, that uh, chapter number 20 is where he's beginning to line things out. I mean, I don't know if he knew it for sure, but he probably understood that, hey, this might be the last time that I see these people. This might be the last time I get to minister to some of these people. So take your your time sometime and read through that 20th chapter. He talks about a lot of things. He talks about serving God with humility. He talks about, you know, not keeping anything back from anybody. I mean, Paul was a full disclosure apostle. Amen. It's kind of like what you sense when you get into an apostolic church, isn't it? Man they don't keep anything back. And that's what God wants us to do. But later on in that chapter, I want to show you something. Look at verse number 32. 32, 20 and 32, this is an axe. I'm just taking a segment of this, but I want to show you something here. It says, And now, brethren, I commend you to God, this is Paul speaking to them, and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. Everybody say sanctified. Sanctified. I heard it preached one time that that salvation is is a very elastic word. Why is that? It's because everybody... It needs to come to initial salvation, and the only way that you can be saved and I can be saved is not by joining a church or doing enough good deeds. That's not how it works. How can how do we get saved? Somebody tell me. We are born again, Amen. And never forget this, folks. That is a gift from God. That is not something that you earned. That's not something that you and I were born into the right family for. That's a gift of God. Jesus said you must be born again. He wasn't trying to be manipulative. He was just putting an emphasis on how important it was. And if he put an importance on it, so am I. And so initial salvation begins by being born again. I'm not saying that people can't sense God before that because I did. I was aware of God. My goodness, a lot of times, you know, even not even wanting to serve God, I would look up into the sky and I was aware of a creator. I just didn't know who he was. Amen. And God led me down a pathway where he introduced himself very much to me, praise God. And I was born again. How many here have been born again of the water and of the spirit? Amen. Amen. Isn't that a precious thing? It certainly is. That's initial salvation, folks. But then, there's a process. The Bible says that you must work out your salvation. What does that mean? That means that God's got much more than just being born again. He's got things that He's beginning to to bring in your life. And so, He justifies us by His blood. But then, He's sanctifying us. This is the process that's happening right now, by the way. And the word sanctification, you can use the word holy. He's trying and He's helping us to become holy. Now, the point of it is, is that you and I are never going to be as holy as he is. But I'm going to tell you something. As we allow him to be more of an influence in our life, we can develop real, true holiness unto the Lord. The Bible says, without holiness, no man shall... Yeah, think about it, folks. I'm telling you, it's important. It's not something to skip over when you're reading the Bible. Let God speak to you about these things. Let God begin to challenge you. Let God begin to help you to to develop much deeper roots, praise God, in your life. And you will find the things of God beginning to develop in your life and give Him the praise, and that's called sanctification. But the process is not even over then. You must understand, the Bible says that we're going to be like Him. Amen. And Jesus has a glorified body. And you and I will become a glorified, in a a glorified sense. And so that's what it is. He justifies us. Somebody say, amen. Amen. That's just as if it never happened. Amen. And then He sanctifies us. Everybody say, sanctification. That means He's in the process of making us like Him. Amen. And then we're going to be glorified. Everybody say glorified. Glorified. That's what Paul was trying to remind these people. Amen. That it wasn't all about him. That whether he was there or not, God always was. And so he began to, to, to touch them with that message of sanctification. And then he makes reference to this in verse 33. He says, and I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. I can identify with that. But look at verse 35. The scripture says there, I have showed you all things, how that so laboring you ought to support the weak and to remember the words of our Lord Jesus. What were those words? Come on, look at what it says there. It's more to then, boy, that's the complete opposite of our world, isn't it? That's where all people are, most of the people, in fact, are caught up right now in this season. And if you're not careful, sir, if you're not careful, man, you can get caught up in that spirit. It doesn't make any difference how much is under that tree. It won't be enough with a spirit like that. And the only way that we can combat that is to take on the spirit of Christ. Now listen to me, folks. I'm not advocating that we become God because we could never do that. But we become like God. And that's where the giving comes in. And that's why I'm not going to stress an amount to you. I'm just going to say that God is going to give you an opportunity during this season not to get. That might be a byproduct of this next thing. But he's going to give you an opportunity to give. And I'm telling you, if you'll learn how to do that. Amen. We love to, we love to quote Acts 2, 2 and 38. How many can quote that? Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. For and ye shall come on, folks. We love that verse. But what about Luke 6 and 38? Ooh, look that one up. Let me just quote a portion of it. Give, and it shall be given unto you. There it is, folks. That's one of the reasons why God emphasizes that to us during this season, that you and I can become givers. And I'm not talking about an amount of money. A lot of times if you can give five minutes to somebody, it'll make their day. I'm telling you, folks, God wants to wake us up this season. He wants to help us to look and see the opportunities that He is going to present to us. Come on, folks, it's already the 8th of December. Come on, this coming Wednesday, there's only going to be two weeks left until Christmas. Now, we have a lot of things planned here at this church, and and we do that every year. We try to get people involved and try to do things that will, will bring joy and happiness and the message into people's lives. Listen to me, come on, let's not wait until the day before Christmas to do something for the Lord. Let's take opportunity, praise God. Do you believe that God wants to do that for you? I believe He wants to bring joy and peace and and long-suffering and all of these things that He promised us into our lives. And I believe one of the things that will initiate that into our lives is if we can ask God to put on us the spirit of giving during this season. Can you just lift your hands right now? Maybe close your eyes. Make this personal right now. Come on, I don't want you praying for anybody else but yourself right now. Come on, let's pray come on, lift up your voice. This isn't a time to think prayers. This is a time to say some things. I say things like, God, help me not to be stingy. Help me, Lord God, not to be so possessive. Help me, Lord God, to look at all of the people around me that are in need. Help me to see people through the eyes of the Spirit in Jesus' name. I believe, God, you have that intention for me. And, Lord God, I want you to help me. I want you to help me even today, right now, Lord God. I don't want to some kind of a Grinch spirit. I don't want to oper- I don't want to operate under the spirit of Ebenezer. I want to begin to operate under Jesus. I want to begin to do the things that you want. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. Come on, he's anointing people right now come on he's anointing people right now for a purpose oh my goodness I'm telling you something this is going to be fo- this is going to be powerful this is going to be a tremendous year this is going to be something that is going to linger on into 2020 come on I sense it in the name of Jesus oh come on can you feel that I do too I do too I feel the excitement of the Lord come on let's let's linger a little bit more let's take another 30 seconds and let's push into the presence of God. Let's let him do something different for us. In the name of Jesus, oh yes God, oh yes, you are doing that right now. Every person in this room is affected. I believe we'll never be the same again because of what we feel and what we understand now. In the name of Jesus, touch and strengthen us God. Help us to do whatever you tell us to do. Help us to be obedient, to be bold Lord God. I pray for the spirit of boldness to come upon us. Not arrogance, but bold to say the things that you want us to say. Oh my goodness, yes. Come on, I'm sensing God to do Tremendous things. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, you are the master. You are the almighty. You are the everlasting father in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord God. For unto us a son, or a child is born. Unto us a son was given. And his name, come on. The government's upon his shoulders. That's where it needs to be. The government's upon Jesus' shoulder right now. And his name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor, the mighty God. Oh, the oh, come on, the Prince of Peace, the everlasting Father. Come on, I'm telling you, God's got a lot to offer. Oh, hallelujah! Hallelujah! Come on, can you lift up your voice and your hands one more time and let's praise Him? Excitement. Praise God. I'm telling you right now, folks, God never just gets by. He doesn't. Come on, one of the, and, you know, and Scripture is exciting. I don't know if it is for you, but this verse of Scripture just, a lot of times will just tingle me because of what the, you know, the type of words that are used. Look at Ephesians chapter 3. Praise God. And there's a lot of things that are packed into these six chapters, but I, I just love pulling them out. I pulled them out again this morning when I was praying. I just love to hear the word of God. Amen. Praise God. The scripture says um, in, um, um, in, in chapter number 3, And verse number um, 14, this is a prayer that I will pray on a regular basis, one of my what I call my form prayers, and I've learned that God really does respond to his word when I believe it. It's not just saying the word, it's having faith in the word, amen, and that's something I work on 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 a regular basis every day. I work on having faith in God's word. Amen. And so a lot of times I'll pray this type of a prayer. And I'll recite these very words. Verse 14. For this cause I bow my knees. That's why I'm praying, God. He says, unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. It goes on to say that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. (laughs) Come on, folks. I'm talking about how rich he is. He says to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. That's what the baptism of the Holy Ghost does. Amen. Then he goes on to say that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye being rooted and grounded in love. Amen. May be able to comprehend, praise God, with all saints what is the breadth, the length, and the depth, and the height. And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. I'm not even going to pretend that I know what that all means. But I keep praying it. And God keeps adding. Amen. Now this is the verse that just makes me tingle sometimes. Now unto him. Who? You better believe it. Now unto Jesus. That is able to do. And there's four words there that I love. The Bible says he can do exceeding. Come on. Go ahead and put it in front of him and he's already got it blocked up another notch. Exceeding. Come on, that's what he wants to do. You know what the word exceeding means there? Beyond. Bed, bath, and (laughs) That's just an advertisement. Come on, we're (laughs) talking. Come on, we're talking about God here going beyond what you and I could even imagine. Come on, I don't know what that does for you, but that sends an excitement through me. That means, praise God, that God's already got this thing dialed up a couple of notches even before I get there. So exceeding praise God, abundantly praise God. You know, that word, they they replaced it with the word super abundantly. That's what it means there. And above, praise God. The word above simply means beyond. And then all, praise God, that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. So you and I have tremendous potential, and God sees that. And that potential isn't based upon bettering ourselves. It's based upon us bettering the world that is around us. Because when we do that, that automatically makes us better people. But you see, our problem is is we want to do us first. And that's why giving is such an important ingredient. Because when you and I give... We're not doing it for ourselves, we're doing it for the world around us. And it will make the world around us a better place. It will. And that's what God has has got us here on this earth to do. It's such a a massive, you um, uh, uh, you know, thing that God has us involved in. But you see, when we all work together, when we begin to see the plan of God, Amen. That's why this book talks about, you know, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, the work of the ministry, the edifying of the body of Christ. And then it makes reference to the fact until we all come in to the unity of the faith, until we can all begin to see that single purpose of what God really wants to do. And I believe this year, praise God, God is going to make a difference for somebody here, in this church. Amen. And you're going to be instrumental, praise God. You're going to be instrumental in helping lead the rest of us down that pathway in Jesus' name. Oh, what an opportunity, folks. Amen. What a beautiful message in Jesus' name. Why don't you just lift your hands one more time, and let's thank God. Let's thank God for what He's doing. What a potential. God, I come against self-pity right now. I come against stinginess. I come against things of the flesh that would try try to take this away right now in Jesus' name. I command them to be seen very, very, very clearly through the eyes, Lord God, of us. In Jesus' name, help us to see it right now. Help us to reject it. Help us to throw it out. Help us not to be a part of it. Help us when it comes to just say, in the name of Jesus, you're gone. Mm. Let a Christ-like spirit come into this place. Let a Christ-like spirit, praise God, come into this place. Oh yes, I'm telling you, it is powerful. What God is doing right now, what He's been doing the last 20 minutes, is a, it's a game-changer. It really is. This is gonna be a different Christmas for some people. This is gonna be a different time of the year. And I'm telling you, it isn't gonna stop. It isn't gonna stop after the 25th of December. It's gonna go right into the first of the year. And next year is gonna begin to be awesome. We're gonna begin to see souls. We're gonna begin to see a harvest. We are going to reap because we're not gonna faint in Jesus' name. We're not gonna give up. We're gonna go back and ask those people again if they want to take a Bible study. We're going to get involved in evangelism. My, my, my. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. What an awesome God in Jesus' name. What an awesome God. Oh, I'm so glad that I know Him and I serve Him. Praise God. And I can recognize these opportunities in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Let me um, uh, take about 15 minutes now and, and, and teach you the second segment of a Bible study that I began here a few weeks ago. Praise God. And I want to give you um, section number two, if I can do that. Praise God. And um, let me preface this by having you turn to 1 John, the, gospel, or the, the epistle of 1 John. Chapter number five. That's another one of those epistles that just has, oh, you talk about condensed. It just is. I've been studying this book here, this first John, for about 40, 40, some odd years, and it never ceases to amaze me, just to just bring out something that went, whoa. Wow, I needed to hear that. Amen. Well, let me let me try it here. Look at t- chapter number five. <coughs> Praise God. Amen. And I'm going to start in verse number 1. Bible says, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 1, it says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Can somebody say amen? amen? See, that's of God that you know who Jesus is. And then it says, And everyone that loveth him, that begat, loveth him also that is begotten of him. And then it goes on to say in verse 2, By this... We know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. See, it's kind of a package deal. That's what it is. Amen. This love will will, will straighten out a lot of stuff. It really will. And then it says, for this is the love of God in verse number three, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. They're not burdensome. And I'm telling you, his burden is light. It really is. What a lot of you have been feeling is the burden of the world. Yes. And that one, boy, I mean to tell you, they didn't keep piling stuff on you. Yeah. They just do. They just keep piling stuff on you. Amen. God isn't like that. God will take his time. He will work with you in areas of your life, and he will never overwhelm you. Thanks. Amen. That's, he just doesn't do that. That's not God's nature. He understands who we are. He understands how we're made. And so you and I must understand that a lot of what keeps this going in our lives is just becoming faithful to him. That's what we do. We just become faithful to him. I didn't say perfect. I just said faithful. We just keep coming. We just keep doing. We keep, you know, I, I don't know what the percentage is. Some months it's a little worse than others, but I don't know what the percentage is of when I pray, do I feel like it? Now, this morning when I was coming to church, I was praying one of my foreign prayers, I really felt it. I really did. I got off the interstate, and man, alive, it was... It was... But I can't tell you that happens every time. But I want you to understand, because of Him, I don't quit doing it. I don't operate under that. That's not the only thing that I do. You've got to be careful with that emotional pill, folks. I'm not telling you not to be emotional because that wouldn't be right either. But don't operate totally under that one. Operate under faith. Learn to do that. Learn to do the things of God no matter what. Now, I'm emphasizing this because this is so important. Because we have challenges today to victory. I mentioned them a few weeks ago. I mentioned one of the challenges that we have is our resistance to commitment. We don't like to commit sometimes. We like to commit when it's all over. And a lot of times God said, no, just keep committing. And my definition or one of my simple definitions of commitment is the long haul. I don't know how soon it was after I got into the church, but it took me a while. But boy, there was a day, there was a, a, probably a month or probably a, a six-month, year period where things begin to accelerate in my life in the kingdom of God. And not that I'm any better than you. But I can point it back to an attitude that I begin to develop with the help of God that I ain't quitting. I'm not going anywhere. I don't care what these people do to me. I don't care how many messages he preaches to me that I don't like. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stay, praise God. That helped me. That did something for me, praise God. It kept me in the house of God. And folks, you know, 30, 40 years later, I'm still here, praise God. I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you, praise God. It helps me to get the victory. Now watch this. Look at verse number 4. Mark this one down in your Bible. Let God just absolutely take a big, huge hypo and inject it into you. The Bible says, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. That's why I brought out the fact in the fourth chapter of the book of Acts, they didn't pray for God to get the opposition out of there. They didn't do that. They recognized that, hey, no matter where we go, we're going to bring up some contention. Jesus even said it while he was with them. I didn't bring peace. I brought a sword, you know. I brought your guy. You know, the next Thanksgiving meal might be a little contentious. (laughs) But we can learn how to handle it. We can learn how to have a sweet spirit. Even when Uncle Joe is ridiculing the church. Even when Aunt Sally, man, is telling, telling you how ridiculous your wife looks in those dresses you can develop a sweet spirit that says, you know something, God's been so good to me, I can't do enough for him. I'm telling you, God could ask me to stand on my head in the back of the room for six months, and I wouldn't mind that because God's been so good to me. Come on, can somebody say praise the Lord? Now that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about an overcoming spirit, not one that throws gasoline on the fire. Not one that says, oh, bless God, they're not going to get away with that. Listen to me. God don't want us portraying that kind of a spirit in front of people. He wants us to learn to love everybody. Well, listen to me. He wants you to make your love available to them. Amen. And so this is what we do. And that's why we have to overcome. It's a mandate. God doesn't demand it, but he expects it. And that's where some of you are at right now. You are overcoming. You're beginning to get some footage. That slope isn't near as slippery as it used to be. In fact, some of you are starting to avoid the slope. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what's encouraging, praise God, as a pastor. As I'm beginning to see you make an effect in your world. People are beginning to look at you. People are beginning to see something, praise God. And whether they want it or not, it's on display. And what that is, praise God, is that that is an example of an overcoming person in this world. And so we talked about commitment. We talked about we got to keep doing it. Yeah. Just keep praying. Keep coming to church. Keep reading your Bible. Come on, just keep doing it. That's what commitment will help you to keep to do to, to, to do. Now, today I want to give you another notch in your belt, praise God, because that's not the only thing we need to do. We need to be committed. Don't misunderstand me. But one of the things that we need to understand is that we have something that we come up against every day, whether we like it or not. Amen. You know, one of the verses or chapters um, that I have become very familiar with, and I I would really um, um, advise you to, and it's the 13th chapter of the book of Matthew. And there's a parable in that, and I'm not going to go into the parable. Most of you know it. It's the parable of the sowing of the seed. You can find the same parable in the fourth chapter of the book of Mark and in the eighth chapter of the book of Luke. Many of you have heard me say this before, but you really do need all three of them because he says something in in the eighth chapter of the book of Luke about that parable that he does not say in the 13th chapter of Matthew. And, and, it's, and it's extremely important, praise God, for us. And you say, well, what is that? Well, it's very simple, praise God. He says there, he says, do you know this parable? He asks the question. He says, do you know this parable? And he's not saying it to, to be smart. He's saying, you need to know this parable because you won't get any of the rest of them without knowing this one. And that's why it's important. Now, the emphasis is put on the sowing of the seed. And it falls on different ground, doesn't it? You've got the compacted ground. You've got the the hard ground. Amen. And then you've got the stony ground. And then you've got the third one. Does anybody remember what the third one is? It was able to grow, but it just had too many other seeds in it, didn't it? That's the one I want you to look at here. Praise God. Read the 13th chapter of the book of, of, of Matthew, and when you get to the, the ground that has the thorns coming up, I'm asking and I'm believing God to show you some things in your life. Amen. One of the, um, the problems that the children of Israel had when they came out of Egypt, and the Bible makes reference to this, one of the problems and the challenges they had was there was a mixed multitude. There were some folks that saw the benefits of God, but they didn't want to get involved with the work of God. And in the church today, we have the same thing. I'm not accusing. I'm just telling you, we got it in here. It's in here. And God helps me to minister to people to try to help you to get away from that. Amen. You got to realize, if you want the things of God in your life, you're going to have to get the whole package. Amen. And in today's world, you know, we've got all kinds of things that are, that are really, really bombarding us. Amen. And that's what it is. And it's the cares of this world, the cares of this life. That's what's happening. And I told you before, you can't go anywhere and get rid of this. I don't care who you are. I don't care how much money you got. It don't matter how much, what, what job you have. You're going to encounter the cares of life. And it's going to get heavy. And that's what I sense a lot of times when people come in here, and I'm trying to get you to put that down and let the Lord begin to lift you up. Praise God. And God can begin to do that. So here, I've only got about five minutes left. I'm not going to read the 13th chapter of the book of of Matthew. I'm going to challenge you to do that. Sometime within the next couple of days, you take verses, oh, take about verses 18 through 23 and read those verses And let God begin to show you something about your life. Amen. And I'll guarantee you, He will. He will do that. And don't get intimidated. Don't feel like you're lost or you're backslidden or a man alive. I took a real wrong turn. No, you're in the kingdom of God. You've been born again. You've been signed up to God's army. And now God's going to let you in on some things, praise God, and he's going to help you. God is going to give you some absolute help, and that help is going to cause you to become an overcomer. You're not going to sit back and say, take it all away, God, I just want nice days. I only want 75 and sunny. That's all I want, God. I want everything perfect in my life. And if, God, you don't do that, I'm going to get real mad at you. Come on, folks, that's babyish, isn't it? Come on, we don't even belong in the church. But it comes in every once in a while. And it's the cares of life that bring that kind of an attitude. And you and I must look it in the face and say, Come on, God's given me a backbone. God's given me some grit. God's given me some fiber in the name of Jesus. I can overcome this in the name of Jesus. I can do it because God has given me the power. Come on, somebody else needs to stand. And you need to give God the glory. Yeah. Jesus. he Thank is. You all. Thank you all. Woo! Thank you, all, Jesus. Praise you, God! Yes, Lord. you can be seated. I believe they heard that one all the way back to the nursery. Thank you, Jesus. Thank Praise God. God! So again, before I give you the final product here, you know we we there are challenges to be an overcomer. There are. One of the challenges I gave you a few weeks back, you got to commit. You, you, you have to commit. You have to get into this thing sooner or later and say, I'm here. And God will help you with that. Next challenge is you got to learn how to overcome the cares of this life. And you must, rec- you must recognize them. You must recognize what are we going to do? Now, let me give you a good example of this. Look at uh, Luke chapter 14. Chapter 14, Luke, and I'm going to begin reading. I'm going to read kind of fast, but I'm, I'm going to read, nevertheless, 14, and I'm going to start around verse number uh, 15. Look at this. It says, And when one of them that sat at meet with him heard these things, he said unto him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Yeah. Then said he unto him, A certain man had a great supper and bid many. There's a great food in the kingdom of God. And he sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I have needs to go and see it. I pray thee have me excused. There's a sign. Uh, that That you're responding to the cares of life. It's not that you fell deep into sin. It's not that you quit believing in God. It's not that you'd even quit reading your Bible. The real point is, is you start making excuses. You start saying, hey, this is more important than that. And there it is. See, this is what you got to do. That's why commitment is so important. It's because when, not if, when something comes up, you'll say, no, I'm going to go there. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. You see, and that's how you handle the cares of life because the cares of life will always be there. They will always be there. And you and I must learn how to handle it. And during this Christmas season, the cares of life are huge you got folks right now that are ready to commit suicide because of all the money they're gonna spend I'm serious folks I'm not trying to be funny here that's the cares of life and you and I must understand that one of the first things that will happen to us Christians with the cares of life is we start making excuses and that's what you and I have to be good at extinguishing we have to learn that that's exactly what that is And I'm not going to let that one take me over this year. I'm not going to let that one take me over this month. I'm going to begin to be an overcomer. I'm going to begin to be someone who rises above it. That's why we in apostolic churches have been accused of having saw all of these rules and regulations. You've got to understand 1 John chapter 5 said that if you love God, you'll keep His commandments. A lot of this stuff is not rules and regulations. They're absolute commandments. And it's not because God's trying to ruin your day. He's just trying to get you sanctified and get you in a place where you can really begin to become effective in His kingdom. And so here it is, praise God. And then he goes on to say, praise God. He says in verse 19, And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them, or I go to try them. I pray thee, have me excused. There it is. And again, I'm not here to to condemn you or to put you down. I'm just saying that if you're going to become an effective overcomer, you're going to learn how to deal with the cares of life. Because they're going to be there regardless of what. Amen. Jesus said it rains on everybody. Amen. Economies come and go. Elections come and go. And all of these things can become extremely heavy in our lives. And I'm not saying that we should never or not do or have anything to do with them. But what you and I need to do is we need to put them in the proper perspective in Jesus' name. Praise God. And so, uh, my time is waning. And so I'm not going to read the rest of this. I'm going to leave that up to you. You need to read these verses. And again, examine yourself. But here's what I want to leave you with when it comes to the cares of life. And it's found in this chapter. The Bible says in verse number 25, the Bible says, and I'm in the same chapter, 14 and 25, it says, And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me, and hate not his father, and mother, and wife, and children, and brethren, and sisters, yea, and his own life. Now, Jesus is saying this. This ain't UPCI, folks. This ain't David Bernard. This ain't some book I picked up on a shelf. This is in the Bible. Now, I don't know about you, but when I first was confronted with that verse, I went, what? God, you're telling me I can't hate people. Actually, to be humorous, God told me I could hate three things when I first came into the church. He said, I could hate sin, I could hate the devil, and I could hate the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> and I can tell you, God's got me over it. I love the Packers. I love Packer fans. They live for God. Man, they're great. I'm just kidding. just kidding. You. But that's why I had to do some research. And the word hate there doesn't mean what you and I think it does. It doesn't mean to be vicious or or you know getting even and all that stuff. What the word literally means, and you need to write this down in your Bible. It means to love less. That's what God wants us to learn to do. And if you want to learn to deal with and overcome the cares of this life. The Bible says in the book of Revelation chapter 12, when the devil was hot and heavy, he said they overcame them, the church that was there at that time, by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. There's an example of it. No, they weren't going out and saying, shoot me, hurt me. No, they were just recognizing that this life don't hold a candle to the next. That what God has in store for me, praise God, when this is all over, is much, much better than anything in this life could ever conjure up. And that's how we overcome the cares of life. It doesn't mean we quit our jobs. It doesn't mean that we don't, you know, we don't eat or we don't take care of ourselves. It just means on a priority system, we love those things less than we love God. And that's the thing that God begins to grow in our lives. I'm telling you right now, praise God, I set you up by the help of the Lord this morning. I only took about 15 minutes to get the main message out. Because I knew that there was a lot of you that you were going to need to get warmed up here a little bit. But I'm telling you right now, God's got you right now. He understands what you're going through. You can put a name and a date and a situation on these things. You're current, praise God. And what we need to learn to do right now is not panic and say, I can't do that. It's impossible. There's no way I can ever live for God. No, what you and I must admit is i got to have some help. I can't do this on my own. I can't keep going through life and expecting to get different results when I do the same stuff. And now with God's help, because you know he loves you, he wants to give you some help right here today, right now. Praise God. And if you'll stand, if you'll begin to lift up your hands and you'll begin to respond to his word right now, you're going to find help. Come on! You're going to find help! Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Come on, I'm telling you the truth. Oh, my goodness.